promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle, or else it will not come near you. Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Amen. Well, this is Psalm 32, and... When we were going through looking for texts to, to use as, as we're, we're making our way through this catechetical study, the study of our catechism and what it has to teach us about how we understand the Lord's Prayer as, as Lutheran, Psalm 32 for me came to mind right away. Because the, the entire psalm is about the sense of being joy-filled or blessed with forgiveness. Because with, with this petition, in many ways, we, we are asking God to forgive us. And yes, we say, as we forgive those who sin against us. But as we bring this petition, we know that, for instance, number one, we don't forgive as we have been forgiven. And so in many ways, we are asking God to enliven our hearts, help us to understand our own sinfulness, so that we might then extend the mercy that we receive to others. That's the hope. That's the goal. That's the desire that we should have in our hearts. And so I, I love this psalm. This is one of my, my favorite psalms to have in part because it is so filled with beautiful imagery of what God has done and continues to do for you and for me. Uh, you know, how joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Transgression gives the sense of um, almost rebellion, a revolution, of, of fighting against. It's, it's not just uh, uh, chewing gum in the classroom when you're not supposed to. It's not wearing a hat in class. Uh, it's, it's not uh, taking a turn on a, uh, taking a left turn on a red arrow because no one's coming. You know, it's quite literally uh, pushing against the one who is in control, the one who is Lord, God himself. 
than whose sin is is covered. Um, the, the, the word for sin there uh, is, is a word that means to deliberately break the, a commandment. Uh, it's this it's this picture of, of willingly doing something. But then I, I love that that word about having something being covered, right? First, we have the transgression being forgiven, which um, the, the word for forgiveness, especially in the Greek, is a word to take something away, right? To, to remove it. Um, or, or the other way that it can be translated is to leave it alone in the sense of not to hold it to your account. That's a beautiful picture, right? And then the word covered is this sense of, uh, at least in the Hebrew, from what I can remember, is this, this sense of covering up something that, that is offensive. So, so somebody uh, paints some graffiti on a wall that's a bunch of swear words or saying something bad about you or, or someone you love. Someone, you know, for instance, someone uh, spray paints swastikas on a Jewish synagogue, for instance. Some, something along those lines. This, this sense of being covered is to go and paint over those, right? So that no one can see them. The idea of sins being covered that no one can see. How joyful or how blessed is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. Uh, the, the one who won't, you know, you're blessed when God will say that you're not going to go astray, that, that, that you're not uh, going to be one who is deceitful, who says one thing and does another, uh, that, that you are blessed as God works in you to keep you from going that direction. And then the next section of the psalm talks about when I kept silent, my bones became brittle. When I kept silent from confessing, when I, when I did, thought I could handle my sin on my own, when I thought that my sin was something that I had to handle on my own, I was wasting away. To imagine these burdens that you have to carry. Just, just think about how many sins come from the hiding of one sin, right? How, how, many, how many pains, how many hurts come from trying to hide a, a transgression? And so it is that, that then the, the psalmist says, but then once I, I, I acknowledged my sin and couldn't conceal it anymore and I confess to the Lord that, that I, have, I have sinned. The Lord forgave my guilt. And then verse 6 says, Let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. The, my translation says that literally it says, Pray to you at a time of finding, a, a sense of, of uh, you figure out you sin, you pray to God so that that burden can be lifted from you, that it can be removed. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Many pains coming to the wicked, wickedness being this turning away from God. The pains coming from that turning away 
but the one who trusts in the Lord, the one who trusts that the Lord will be forgive, will be a forgiving God, the, the, the one that will have faithful love over you, this Lord, trusting that to be true. Then we become ones who, when we confess our sins, we have those burdens alleviated. And then we can be glad and rejoice because those are removed. Now, some of you watching this or listening to this are probably sitting here going, yeah, but I haven't really done all that much. I'm, I'm good. I, I haven't had, you know, pastor, you always talk about these, the, all this sin and all this other stuff. Um, maybe that's part of the problem, right? We, we're, we're trying to hide these sins even from our own memory like I talked about on Monday. Um, sin is, it exists in order to be forgiven. And unless we have sin to be forgiven, we're in no need of a, a forgiving God. We're in no need of a Savior. We're in no need of any of those things. If we can handle it on our own, then there was no need for Jesus to come. But the mere fact that 2,000 years ago on a hill outside Jerusalem, Jesus Christ was given to die for you says that you need him, that you're in need of him. Just think back on your life all the pain and all the heartache that has come to you and to your loved ones because of things that you've done or failed to do or things that have been done to you or things that were that people failed to do for you all the heartbreak and pain that has come from that just think back to that and i think you'll know why it is that you are in need of this faithful god who loves you who gave himself for you and rose for your justification so that you might receive this forgiveness always because that is the way God works. Let us pray. We pray to you, our Father in heaven, that you would not regard our sins nor deny our requests on account of them, for we are not worthy of anything that we ask and have not earned it. Grant us all through grace, though we daily commit many sins and deserve chastisement alone. Help us also on our part to forgive and readily to do good to those who sin against us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow.